Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Decision Hour. I'm your host, Adam Bird, and I got a very uh, cool, special interview lined up for you guys today. It's going to be a real treat. Uh, we've had this gentleman on the show in the past, and I'm really excited to bring him on. This guy's been doing a lot of great things. He's a veteran himself. Uh, so without further ado, let me uh, welcome A.J. Richards back to the show. A.J., how you doing, buddy? Good, Adam. Hey, thanks, man. Thanks for having me. No, I love it. appreciate you coming, uh, taking time out of your busy schedule. And by busy, I mean you put me to shame because I look at, uh, <laughs> I follow you on Facebook and stuff, and you're all over the place talking with athletes and, and uh, just doing some amazing things. Uh, so I, I got to say hats off to you, man. You got our love and support over here. Yeah, thank you. I, I appreciate it. I definitely know I'm all over the place. My wife reminds me so. <laughs> 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 so, 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 AJ, why don't you tell? Let's let's jump right into this, man. I, I, why don't you tell our listeners? You've been on the show before, but for for though we got a lot of new listeners now. Why don't you tell our our listeners uh, a little bit about yourself, your veterans, to talk a little bit about your your military very briefly, and then uh, I want to get into Rush Club and then some of the new stuff that you're doing. Yeah. Um, so, started. Uh, I live here in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, and. I uh, served in Ramadi, Iraq. I was with the uh, Army National Guard out of Utah. And we deployed in 2005 to 2006 to Ramadi. Um, I enjoyed my time in service. I, I know that it does, you know, when you look back, I don't, I'm sure I didn't enjoy and have fun being there, but the memories that I have of that, I enjoy. I'm glad I had that opportunity to serve. Um, and uh, we moved here to Arizona in 2008, shortly after I got home. I started selling pest control door to door as a job, which is what we'll discuss kind of led me into the project that I'm up to now. Um, and, uh, then I actually went back in 2010 to Mosul as, uh, with a SOC, a a private security company, um, spent about three months in Mosul. And while I was there, I never was issued a weapon once working entry control point, uh, uh, car bombs going off, you know, VBIDs. And uh, at that time, the Iraqi government was in charge of issuing weapons cards. So we were at the mercy of waiting for them to go through my background and <laughs> give me a weapon. Oh, jeez. So, yeah, so after three <laughs> months of no weapon working an entry, I decided that uh, I would go home because it was better that way. <laughs> <laughs> Not your cup of tea, huh? So. No, no. When you know, I, I was working with uh, some some really cool uh, Ugandan security guard guys that all had RPKs and AK-47s, and I had a radio. <laughs> so, yeah, just, I could see where you I could see where you were feeling a little out of place. So, <laughs> yeah, a little, little out of place. So, um, you know, and at that point too, the drawdown had started in 2010. So it's not like I was making six figures. That so was like okay, I'll suck it up. It was like I could get a job making the same amount of money at home. Honestly, I went over for the adventure. You know, I just, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the adventure, living a life uh, that uh, sometimes wasn't always <laughs> guaranteed um, because I haven't experienced that. You know, honestly, my, my military time, I wish I could have done more. I, do, I joined an artillery unit, so our job was not kicking indoors, and I always had wished I did that. Um so I went over with Sock to get a little bit more excitement, and uh, three months without a weapon and car bombs blowing up is enough excitement. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, so yeah. So you, so you come back from that. You move to Arizona. Mm-hmm. What's 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 next? I mean, because yeah, I, I, let's let's see. I want to start kind of getting into what you're doing yeah. now because you, you own a, your, your business or so you're an entrepreneur as well. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, part of me chasing down going to Mosul was when I came home and sold pest control, I was unfulfilled. I didn't have a purpose, you know, and I made good, I made really good money. I worked, I would work six months out of the year, make, you know, close to $70,000 and then I'd get six months off. So, there's nothing wrong with the money. The company I worked for was a phenomenal company, but here I was in my mind, I was a warrior and now I'm a pest control. self. and things in my life just didn't match up. It was like, you know, I was finding myself depressed frequently that I wasn't, you know, my life didn't have any more meaning. 
because how much meaning could I find in being a pest control cell? Right. Um, you know, especially once you serve overseas and you're, you're a soldier. And so, uh, so that's kind of where I was at. I was like, man. And so I went back to Mosul and then that didn't work. And I came back to the same job. I mean, like I said, I worked for a great company, so they brought me back. But then I discovered uh, CrossFit. And what I discovered was I wasn't doing anything physically exciting or physically active to release hormones in my body to keep me balanced. And so I discovered CrossFit and one hour of CrossFit a day actually gave me like this whole new perspective on my life. Not that, not that it gave me purpose, but it gave me the energy to go find purpose. Right. And it gave me a place to belong, which is one of the things that I really miss is I no longer had my battle buddies. I no longer had the camaraderie. And now I walk into a CrossFit gym and for one hour a day, people are cheering each other on and, put, and you know, standing for each other and pushing each other. And you got this place of belonging and people actually care when you show up and not because you're going to, they're going to get anything from you, but because they generally care that you're there, you know? And, and I, I've done a lot of like sort of research and, and, and um, investigating in the world of hormones and how the hormones in our bodies work. There's a really phenomenal book written by, um, Simon Sinek called Leaders Eat Last. Yep. And in the book, he breaks down the hormones, the, the basic hormones of your body, your dopamine, adrenaline, serotonin, and cortisol. He breaks those hormones down. I think we talked about this on your show before. Mm-hmm. But those hormones is what regulates your, your being to make you happy. Now, what I find is funny <clears throat> is how our minds work, right? So we can, our minds can create like, more significant or less significant meaning in a certain environment, but the hormones at their base are the same hormones. It's, it's not like you have an adrenaline hormone that's reserved for war and adrenaline, and then another adrenaline hormone that's reserved for flag football, right? right. It, adrenaline is adrenaline. It's not, it's not any different sort of chemical makeup from one to the other. So uh, now you might live in an environment where you have a much higher dosage, like being in Iraq, we were always, you know, adrenaline overcharged and dopamine overcharged and stuff like that. But when you come home and it goes to zero, goes from that to zero, right? There's problems there, right? right? It's like now, where, where do I belong? I'm, I'm bored. I'm got no purpose. So I just discovered that that's what CrossFit did for me. It gave me some of those hormones back that I hadn't found, and then it opened my eyes to finding purpose. Now. When I tried CrossFit, I'm like, man, this is for me. This is what I want to do. I like working with people. I'm a, I'm a very social person. Mm-hmm. And, and so to be able to work with people and have them, you know, I was an NCO in the Army, so I was a leader in the military. So to have people come to me and say, you know, hey, coach, how do I do this? It, it was very fulfilling. I started finding purpose. And then uh, I started Rush Club. And Rush Club <clears throat> has been really where I found my purpose because now I'm able to reach people and inspire people on a global level. And that feels amazing to be able to, to inspire people. Now folks, AJ's talking about rush club. <clears throat> this is a, a company that he owns right now, right? AJ. Yes. Yes. Yep. If you're listening to this this podcast right now, folks, you're already on the internet. I want you to open up another browser and check out RushClubNation.com. That again, that is RushClubNation.com. Now, before and correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I understand Rush Club is is compared like if it was like a crossbreed of like CrossFit and like MMA. Yeah. Right. So, and, and what that means is uh, we're we're the Fight Club of Fitness. So we take CrossFit style movements or what people really kind of associate CrossFit with Olympic lifting, powerlifting, gymnastics, you know, we mix that all together in a workout. And then the reason that we would say that we're similar to the UFC is because then we started putting athletes head to head in weight class. So now we're programming these workouts specific for the size of the individuals competing. And now it's a, it's a much more equal playing field. And so my job when I seek out athletes is to find athletes that are really going to give each other a run for their money. Just like when, you know, Dan White puts together a fight card. The idea is that it's a close fight, so it's entertaining. Right. That doesn't always go that way, but that's the idea. Right. So we introduce that to the world of competitive fitness or functional fitness 
because we're not CrossFit. That's a trademark. We're very respectful to CrossFit headquarters. Um, so we put we brought that to the world of uh, functional fitness, and it's blowing up because it's it's very very entertaining. Just like when they went weight classes in the UFC, now you have something to watch. So, um, so that's a, so that's what we did. And and if you go to Rush Club Nation's YouTube channel, which is just Rush Club Nation, you can see all of our past competitions or our uh, individual we call them duels, the individual head to heads, and it'll give you a sense of what it is we created. I tell you what, folks, and, I strongly encourage you to check out the Rush Club Nation's YouTube channel. I AJ gave us we had the privilege, I say I think we went to the second and third one. Uh we we, we were there covering and uh it is absolutely, I mean, you get, if you're in the crowd, and we were up close, I mean, we were right there, and you yeah. can't help but to get pumped. I mean, like, the entire time, I'm on the edge of my seat, I'm, you know, everybody's cheering, everybody's getting, you know, pumped up and watching these athletes, and then you see, like, I'm thinking, okay, they're, you know, lifting a few, I, don't, I haven't done CrossFit, so yeah. I, I didn't know. Now I did, you know, and the, but this one-on-one thing, and they're they're like facing each other, and they're doing this, and they, some of them have partners, and and you're looking at this, and I was like, okay, this is like their third or fourth set of like, you know, twenty reps at like two hundred pounds, and I'm I'm like sitting there like I'm out of breath just by watching these athletes, you know, (laughs) it is so much fun and folks, you got to check it out. So, uh, go to, uh, rush club nation YouTube channel as well. Continue. Yeah. So we, uh, so, you know, what our company stands for, the reason for our existence is to touch, move and inspire people to action. And it's, it's really cool for me to kind of see how my life is pushing towards this, this, this goal of inspiring people. Like, I, I really think that um, we've lost our way in America in terms of what it meant to be a human being. Yeah. You know, they, they were cutting PE programs. They're not doing things physically anymore. You'll frequently hear it referred to as the pussification of America. Yep. 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 <laughs> and, it, and it's also permeating our military, like our basic training. And we'll, I'll tell you a little bit more about my feelings on that with what I'm up to uh, recently. But, but, we want to inspire people to action because we're starting to see how not being in action is taking this major toll financially on our country through healthcare and people just being totally out of shape, Yeah, you know? And it's funny because people are, they, people are always like, Oh, CrossFit causes injury. Well, you know, football has always caused injuries. Running has always caused injuries. This is no different, but frankly, when you get off the couch, your injuries increase hundred percent when you get your butt off the couch. But I guarantee you, if you stay on the couch, the internal damage that's going on is far worse than you tweaking your shoulder, your back, your knee, or your ankle. Yep. You know, being an active human being, that's what happens is you tweak something, you get it fixed or you work on it, exercise it, recover it, and you keep moving, you know, and we're all so afraid to get injured. And it's, it's ridiculous because man, I, I hurt my back. And then I was responsible for it. I got it fixed. And now my back is stronger than it's ever been. I'd rather be this guy after an injured back than the guy I was prior. Right. So we got to get people moving. And then the other thing that we started doing, because we were head to head, we've now introduced adaptive athletes. And a lot of people are not familiar with what adaptive athletes are. They, they frequently know them by disabled or disadvantaged. And we're changing that definition yeah. because these are not disabled people or disadvantaged people. They're all adaptive. And what that looks like is now because we're head to head and we're specific weight classes for the adaptive community, we put one guy missing an arm versus another guy missing an arm. And we program the workout with that in mind. But these are, these are people who like are phenomenal elite level athletes. that are doing things that, the majority of society with two arms can't do. Yeah, and you've had you some know? big names come through there for the adaptive. As I yeah. remember, the first that we were at the very first uh, first one that you guys did, and then just recently, I know there's a uh, you guys had a, a fairly big, a pretty big name, or at least he, he's big on the in the veteran community and on, on social media. Uh, was it Derek? Um, 
Yeah, Derek Wyda. Yeah, yeah, Derek Wyda, yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, Derek Wyda, Derek Wyda, you know, missing his leg above the knee. He went head-to-head against a guy named Mike Gallardo who lost his leg below the knee. We've also discovered that having a leg above the knee missing and a leg below the knee missing is two separate uh, divisions. So we're se- we're separating those divisions and Derek will back because, uh, you know, we're learning as we go as well, especially because this has never been done before. Right. What we do in our sport and putting these guys head to head, we realize that when you have a knee, when you have two knees, you also have hip extension, which, you know, if we really would have looked at, we would have discovered that, but trial and error. And uh, so when you don't have a knee, you can't use your hips at all. So Derek was strict pressing and muscling all of his lifts. And he also didn't have a leg to climb the rope, whereas Mike uh, did. And so Mike was able to move the weight much easier. Now, Mike is a freaking amazing animal. He's yep. an, uh, an amazing athlete. Yep. Regardless of missing his leg below the knee, I mean, the guy would take me he's 99 a, times a, out of 100. The guy's a beast. Workout. He's a beast. The, guy, yeah. the guy's a so, beast. Yeah, so they're both phenomenal. And so, the, yeah, and look, we initially started the adaptive division for veterans because my my thought was if I can get these guys, if I can help them find purpose and value, when you see your 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 brothers in arms who lost limbs living with purpose and competing on such a high level, it's hard to not be inspired to go find something to do. And that's why it started. But then I also realized that we had a responsibility to the rest of the community of adaptive athletes, not just veterans. And because they're all amazing, you know, the, what they do to overcome a lot of them are a lot of them, some of them were born without limbs and a lot of them lost their limbs in some sort of accident, right. you know? Right. So like, like our adaptive, uh, our adaptive upper champion, Logan Aldridge, when he was 13, his arm was cut off in a wakeboarding accident. And oh, when you get to talk to him for as young as he is, this guy knows what's up. Like he gets life. <laughs> so, uh, they're all amazing people. So we started the adaptive division, and that's uh, that's just blowing up in the world in the in the world because people are inspired by that. And we're we're going to be the first place that these guys with adaptations that are athletes can be recognized as elite level professional athletes and be paid for that title. And that's our commitment. It's so, un- it's unreal. And, um, and I've always, I've always said yeah. what you guys are doing is absolutely just it, it's. It's cool, but but the fact that you guys do it with such purpose and 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 folks, you know, I've I've had the the honor and the privilege to uh, to meet AJ on a couple of different occasions now, and and this guy he's all heart. He when he says that he's you know his heart's in the right place, the purpose, and he's got such an amazing staff um, that yeah. that put this on together. So I, I know this stuff is 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 local to the Phoenix metro area. But let's say, I mean, mm-hmm. you guys, you guys, if I'm not mistaken, you guys film this. I mean, this is when you guys do a, a, a rush club, this is on the Internet. You guys are doing it live, right? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, there's a funny story about the current production company that we have. You know, one of the things that I'm most passionate about, I, I do this and this is I'm passionate about what I do for a living and for, for rush club. And um, but but here's the thing. This wasn't going to be my I wasn't going to do this. I, you know, if there's listeners out there that are struggling with their purpose or finding what they're capable of, I was just like you. I was going to quit Rush Club in January of 2014 because in my head, I wasn't somebody who was smart enough to build this company to be an, an international company because I dropped out of high school. And so as the company's growing, my head, in my head, in my, my mind is telling me, you're not good enough, man. You, you, just, you just quit now while you're ahead you know, wrap it up, call it a good past experience and move on. And I got, I reached out for coaching. You know, one of the things we're always, it seems like one of the things people are afraid to do is allow their minds to be coached, to, to see the world a different way. They're, people are so protective of that. And because I was, I definitely was. And so we were, we had a show, Rush Club 006. We had a production company that they do a great job, but we were just too fast paced for them. They weren't at, at the highest level of what we were looking for. And we were 20 minutes late going live. So we streamed this live online from our website at rushclubnation.com. And we were 20 minutes late. Now, in this day and age, nobody gives you 20 minutes of forgiveness, <laughs> especially 
when you're media, right? right. It's like if you might be lucky <laughs> to have one minute. <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm in the back freaking out. Like what the heck is going on? I'm trying to figure out where we screwed up. Why are we still late? I'm just, I'm just losing it. And then I realized or remembered some of my training and there's a distinction called being cause in the matter. And that's taking a step back from what you're dealing with and looking at what you actually have cause in. Like I had no cause in being 20 minutes late because I can't change time. We're already 20 minutes late. Right. But what I, so I declared myself cause in the matter of what was going on. And what I declared was that when we go live, we're going to put on the best damn show that anybody has ever seen. And I looked at my play-by-play guy who was sitting there waiting with me. And I said, listen, we can't do anything about being 20 minutes late, but when we go live, we're going to put on that, the best damn show anybody's ever seen. And I said, you know why? Because for all we know, ESPN is going to be watching and they're going to see the quality of the product we have and know that we just need a higher quality broadcast company. And they're going to call us on Monday. Like I just, I just put it out there in the world. Like I had no reason, no, no, I had no conversations that I'd already had with them. It's just, I just put it out there. And that was declaring myself cause in the matter of what I could control. So we went live and I brought more energy because I was the host of the show, the MC. I brought more energy to that show than I've ever done ever. Like all the voices in my head that like, might be judging me. Like people might think I'm stupid if I show too much energy, you know, whatever you, you plug it in there, your mind, your, that voice in your head is never your friend. Right. <laughs> so I went against everything. My voice in my head was telling me and I just put on this amazing show and on Monday, I got a message from a girl who was the executive assistant for the CEO who owns a company that broadcasts all of ESPN three soccer games. Oh. And she said, yeah, she says, my, this is who I am. My, the CEO saw your show and loved it and wants to talk to you about being your broadcast partner because he can bring a better quality of broadcasting to your show. Oh man. That's awesome. unbelievable. And I'm like, holy crap, there's that distinction that I learned from allowing myself to be cut. I mean, ESPN, I, I actually said those words, you know, and then here this is happening. And so I called the guy and he says, yes, I broadcast ESPN three soccer games. We also do Thursday night NFL football. I have the equipment and the crew to put on a show like your audience has never seen before. And I think that's what you're missing. So here we are. Now we've got this crew that does these high-level performances, and they believe in our products so much. You know, guys, we're still a startup. I mean, we really are. We're, we're still doing everything we can to start making this thing make revenue. And when you see it, you'll love it, and you'll be surprised. It's just, you know, we're a startup. But you'll be surprised at what, what we actually don't make. <laughs> and and uh, But people have just been drawn to the mission and the concept of what it is we're doing that – they're offering services that would normally cost, you know, tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. Right. And they're offering them to get this thing off the ground because well, when we take a step back, it's actually not about rush club. It's about athletes right. on the stage and the people who are being inspired watching. Well, and I, and I think, you know, AG, AG, I think you, I think you hit the nail on the head right there. We, we have, a, we, me and my partner, or my partner, one of my part, business partners coined a phrase purpose, with a profit, profit, and it means you always meaning that you always, always, always put the purpose first. Don't worry yeah. about the money and stuff like that. And that's and, and that's kind of falls in line with what you're doing. I've, and again, I, I've been to a couple of the rush clubs uh, already. I, you know, I've had the opportunity of sat down and talked to you several times before, folks. This guy's when I tell you AJ's got his his heart and his 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 people have the, their hearts in the right place. I mean just that. It, they put on a great show, but it's it's all about the athletes. I mean, they, they care so much about these these athletes that they bring in, and and it's so amazing because they even sitting in the crowd, they make it looks when they put this show on, it makes they make the athlete look like they're on on pedestals, like they're untouchable, like they're they're just you know these uh, like like on a pedestal with lights shining on them. I mean, like the, like they're Greek gods of, of some sort, you know, or, or goddesses. I mean, it's absolutely amazing. And I and I wanted to put that out there because I, I really commend you and your staff on how you guys do that and the fact that um, you put the purpose first and and you put other people first. Yeah. Well, I, you said it a couple times, and I want to make sure that I mention my, my, my staff. And my staff are really my partners. So 
when I, when I had the idea, what I didn't have was capital to execute. So my staff, they're all pretty much uh, equity stakeholders. Like I said, Hey, can you do, you know, I found professionals in each of their industries and each of their areas of expertise. And I gave them equity in the company. And so it's totally unconventional. And I actually went to the bank the other day to talk to them about a possible loan. And they said, okay, who's the 20% holder that's getting a personal guarantee? I'm like, nobody. And she's like, excuse me. (laughs) And I said, I said, I own the majority of the shares at 18%. And I'm like, we don't have somebody with 20. And she's like, Oh, well, I'll have to look into this because I've never <laughs> seen that before. And, and I'm like, you know, and, and I know that's the case, but guess what? If I hadn't done it that way, one, this wouldn't exist. And two, these people are just as important as I am. I mean, my executive team, they're unbelievable. This, the president of the company, Stacy Snyder, when I had the idea, I, I just was the, the mad scientist, the mad genius. It took her implementation to even get it off the ground. You know, because that's not my forte. That's not my skill set. So as a leader, that's where military guys need to recognize their skills. When you when you take your military skills as a leader and CEO and you know how to delegate right. and find the right people for the task, don't think it's any different in the civilian world. It's absolutely the same. Absolutely. You just find the right, the right squad and you delegate the right task and then you execute. And... You know, in the military, we're trained that you, you, you finish the mission. So when times get tough, the other skill you have as a military veteran is that when times get tough, well, they've been tougher, you know, at least there's not bullets whizzing over your head. Right. <laughs> so sometimes we come home and we feel disconnected because we don't think we learned anything, and that's totally opposite. You know, a lot of times you hear, well, I was just blunt. I, didn't, I don't have any transferable skills. The hell you don't become an entrepreneur, start a business. Yep. You know, you may not know, you may not have been a medic in the military where now you can go be a doctor, but the basic squad leader, the basic NCO squad leader can go become an entrepreneur and lead a company. Very true. All very true. Yeah. So, so my, my, my team is, they're, they're amazing. And, and uh, without them, this wouldn't exist. So, um, so now uh, yeah, so now I guess I'd like to share with you what I've got going on currently. The majority of the listeners, are they veterans? Yes, majority. Kind of yeah, the, the, it, it's all, it, well, a little bit of both, actually. We, we for, this okay. pati- for this particular show, we have a, a, a lot of listeners. But, folks, you're on, this show is called The Decision Hour. It's about making the decision with your life, whether it's I'm going to be an entrepreneur, I'm going to apply for that upper management position, I'm going to start dating again, I'm going to get a divorce. Hopefully that's not the case for you. You know, whatever the case is, but it, it's making that decision. And AJ is a prime example of making a decision. He went out, he, he served his country, came out, started this awesome organization uh, and is doing great things. And he's about to drop some more knowledge on us on what he's doing uh, right now, especially I believe with, within the, within the veteran uh, community in the, in the, in the sides of this. So, so go ahead and, and why don't you tell us what the, about this video that you recently put out. Yeah. So like I was telling you, I've been, you know, watching Simon Sinek leaders eat last talking about the hormones in the body and this kind of stuff. And, and, uh, and then we've got this problem of, uh, massive veteran suicide and everybody, know everybody knows it as 22, but every veteran knows it's higher than that. Like the statistics was just sort of a rough estimate because they missed out a lot of different states in that. But, but uh, we all know that the veteran suicide rate is, is off the charts. And I have a battle buddy who killed himself in 2012. And he was one of those guys that was like, why him? Like he was the last guy we would have ever expected. Right. You know, it just, it took us all by surprise because that he would have never done that. And so it was, we were all floored by that. It was that guy. And so, so I've always been intrigued one in the thought process and the interest in why, this is happening because my grandfather served in world war two and there were almost half a million soldiers killed in combat in world war two. And not to mention the conditions that they lived in when they fought that war. Right. That, you know, they were freezing many, you know, during the winter months, if they were in the, the, the uh, European conflict, um, you know, in Germany, they were freezing in the winter. 
They were frequently out of food or starving. Uh, a friend of mine who's currently serving at a really high level did mention, you know, he, he's, I'm always seeking others' input in, in this because it's just an inquiry, right? I have a theory that I'm out to either expose and prove works or it doesn't work, but I have no agenda because I'm not doing this for any company. This is just, I'm just taking this on. I, I felt like I was called to try this out, to take it on. And he said, well, one thing to remember is that in, in World War II, it wasn't like everyday fighting. You know, there would be weeks where they were just dug in and there would be weeks of really heavy fighting. Whereas in, in Iraq and Afghanistan, those guys who were going out on patrol were pretty much shot at every single day. So it was a, a, maybe a longer drawn out heightened state of awareness. Now, where that really plays in or if that's actually true, I don't know specifically, but it's just something to consider in this. So here's what I'm, here's what I think is going on. Looking at the hormones and how the mind works and when World War II ended, all of those guys came home with a purpose, to make America great again, to right. build this country. We had this huge sucker punch, but we weren't going to let them win, right? Not, not just the war overseas, but also that you're not going to shake America down. And so they came home and they went to work building this country and starting family. So they had a purpose. They had a mission. And I think that's the difference between uh, the high rate of suicide and not, right? Because World War II didn't have the same, nearly the same suicide rate. It just wasn't common. I've talked to a couple of World War II veterans already that have said, you know, I don't think I could be of service. Cause, so here's the project. I want to interview veterans from all different eras. And I'm in a hurry because World War II, those guys are almost gone. And I want to not interview them on their experience of war, but their experience of coming home. What did you do when you got home? Because I believe that when we put those stories and those interviews side by side, you're going to find that the ones who came home with a purpose and a mission to continue to work are the ones who made it out alive, <laughs> which is funny to say. They made it out of life alive, right, or with their soul intact right. versus – those who came home and didn't know to take on a mission was the answer. And, you know, I've met a lot of guys who are not happy with being home. They miss combat. And what they miss is being in action, being having a mission. Right. And these same guys are guys who go to work, come home, play Xbox and drink beer. Like that's their daily routine. And they're miserable because they don't have a mission. They're not living a higher purpose. And I think it's as simple as that. And yet the answer is like when I came home and I was having some problems with my, my marriage, we went to a marriage counselor and the counselor, it was a, it was a, an army recommended marriage counselor. And the very first thing he said was, Oh, you served overseas. You have PTSD. And I was like, well, wait a minute. I've never identified myself as somebody with PTSD. I didn't do anything or see anything that was traumatic for me over there. But here's this health professional, and I'm doing air quotes here, yeah. that, says, that says, oh, you deployed, you have PTSD, with no further investigation into my experience or even questions into what I went through over there. He just blanket, blanket label, you have PTSD. Right. And, and there seems like a, uh, a lot of that's going on these last several years. Yeah. It's like, oh, AG deployed, yeah. you got PTSD. Um, <laughs> or, or, oh, you did this, yeah. so you must, or you did this, so you must have this, or, or that happened to you, so that you, know, you must have that, or whatever. It, it seems like, and I really hate to say it like this, but it seems like our, our system as veterans is when, when we come back from, from theater or from coming back from, from being deployed, it's kind of, okay, here's AJ, here's your piece of paper. You need to go get these box checked off, and then you're, you're done. And, and, and it's yeah. like, go get the box checked off. Okay. And then you go there and they're like, all right, yeah, go ahead. Uh, okay. Uh, you turn this stuff in. Okay. You're good. And then you're sitting yeah. there like, uh, you guys don't want to talk about anything or you guys are, nope, we're good. We have a nice day. Thanks for your service. You know, best of luck to you in the you know, rest of your life, blah, blah, blah. Here's a t-shirt and you didn't even get that. But, um, well, you know, that's a funny analogy because it's like, have you ever been to one of those uh, seminars where there's like, there's booths there and to get you to visit all the booths, they check you off and you get entered into a raffle. <laughs> yeah. It's 
you're, you're now he's right off, and then you get entered into a raffle. Well, in this case, you get the boost. You go to the boost, you get checked off, and then you get your antidepressant. Okay, good job. Here you go. Here's your antidepressant. You, you marked off all the boxes. And it's not <laughs> like, just well, one antidepressant. It's like they give you a grocery bag of you know prescription yeah. stuff. They're like, what's in you? And you ask them what's in there, and they're just like, I don't know. But then you look in there, there's like 40, 50 different you know, prescriptions, and you're just like, uh... What am I supposed yeah. to take with this? Oh, it helps with your pain. It helps with depression. It helps with this. It helps with that. And you're like, I don't have any of this stuff. Well, it's yours. Yeah, <laughs> but they steered it. To, they steered you to it. So I, I think uh, I'm pretty confident. It's been a long time ago. I'm pretty confident that they even prescribed me some sort of antidepressant, it, some it, sort of mood yeah. altering medication because <laughs> of my relate, you know, our argument. Right. And I think I might have take a, took it once or twice, and I'm like, and I don't take I don't take medication hardly all at all anyway, even like painkillers if I need them, just because I I just don't. Yeah. So so it was just so easy, it's so natural. But so here's the other side too, is that that's the only side that the media really focuses on, because for those who choose to get in action and take on another mission, I mean it's they're they're powerful. Veterans who find that next mission, that next civilian mission, or that next mission when they get home and they tap into the skills they learn, they're freaking powerful. Right. I mean, the, the Article 15 guys, Derek Wyda, what we're doing. Um, uh, I mean, I could go, Tim Kennedy. You could go on and on about these guys who have said, okay, that part's over, next mission. And that doesn't get nearly the amount of, of exposure nope. as the next guy that killed himself or the next guy that, you know, got in trouble because he has PTSD. That's yeah, all but, the but, media but, Okay, so let me, and let me ask you this, and it's funny because as, as a, and I'm air-quoting media company, uh, you know, with, with Heroes Media Group, and we try to focus more on on the good things and, uh, yeah. you know, the positive things because I, I, I'm tired, you know, as a vet myself, I'm tired. I did the 22 Think somebody challenged me. Okay, great. I did that a, several months ago, and I've been called out like six times. And I finally told everybody, <laughs> "Stop asking me to do it because I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do yep. it." And then I saw Derek's uh, uh, video. Yeah. He put out what was last kind of mid mid to later part of last week, and then just a few days yep. before him, there was another guy um, uh, from uh, uh, an organization called Cigars and Sea Stories. Uh, he put out a video, and he was just like, "I'm not." effing doing it stop asking blah 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 it's not even right and i was like finally we're starting to get some pushback from from because everybody you put out this 22 hey let's do 22 push-up and granted I, I get it raise awareness the problem is is all that awareness is going to the veteran community and we already all the vets already know <laughs> it's it's like really well, it's, you know if you're gonna if you're gonna say something about 22 place an ad and put it towards you know, uh, I don't know, millionaires that sit at home and have nothing to do all day or, or, or whatever the case is, somebody that's not a veteran, push it out to those and make the rest of society, uh, you know, know about it. The mainstream media, you bring up mainstream media. Good God. I go on and on about yeah. that. It's like, hey, let's it, – they look at I, – I think this is my – Adam Bird's personal opinion. Mainstream media wants to focus on the negative stuff in the veteran community because why? Because it, it's a selling point for them. It's news, and let's face it, there's other you know things funneling money into the news organizations and whatnot yeah. to, to to push these things. God forbid you bring up something like you know uh, Ranger Up or or like you said Nick, uh, Tim Kennedy or Matt Best with with the Article 15, and and they those guys have a new movie coming out here with Range 15 here coming out soon. Yeah, you won't see that yeah. stuff in the mainstream media. That's Why right. not? Because it's the, because they're being successful. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I totally agree. I uh, I just posted today this you know um, the uh, the Navy SEAL that was just killed over in in Iraq. Yeah, yeah. You know, and he was a local guy uh, in, in the Phoenix area. Yeah, yeah, local to Phoenix. And so my post basically was just that a couple of weeks ago. All you heard all day long for three, four days long, every major media outlet was print. Yeah. Yep. And there's going to be maybe a little spot or a little blurb about Charles Keating. I, I think, I think society's um, 
society, us, you know, society as a whole has, has, has done a complete 180, in my opinion, since, since the World War II. You brought up World War II, you, you, your grandfather, and I had my, you know, my great uncles served in World War II. Well, one was in Europe, one was in the uh, Pacific Theater. And it was, it, those are the type of guys that I, even today, I look up to because they, they come at the, that was a time where uh, our country came together. And, and granted, they don't get me wrong. I mean, there was problems back then with you still have race and, and, and stuff like that, even back right. then. But that stuff got set aside because they worked together. And it wasn't just these guys out fighting. The entire nation came together to ensure uh, a better you know future for the, for this country. And it was almost like right after that, we decided to just, it, it, it started kind of trickling and, and going downhill. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know, somebody uh, commented on a post on that post that uh, they're a part of the military, the special operations community. Um, it's her, her, I think it's her husband that's, that's actually in. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, they don't want the attention. And I'm like, well, I, I get that. I know they don't because I know a few of them myself, but when they pass, we should give them a, Res- you know, a yeah, hero yep. rally yep. because that's how it used to be. We, our country used to, to celebrate and honor our servicemen and women so loudly that you couldn't ignore it and you knew why we were free. And now it's muffled by the celebration of the celebrity. And what that breeds, I know these guys don't want the recognition, but what that breeds is what we're seeing now with these you know, 20-somethings riding in the streets over silly and meaningless different things. But, and sometimes they're, they're not all meaningless. Sometimes there's some meaning behind it. But the level at which they're, they're going crazy is they just don't get it anymore. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah, I totally agree. I, our, uh, you know, I don't know the answer to, any, to, to many, much of this, but my focus right now on the mission that I'm out to do and I'm trying to raise funding because I want to do this right. I, at first, it was just going to be a local deal. I was going to interview a few local um, veterans from each, you know, from each branch in each war. And uh, the response was really high. And I thought, man, if I'm going to do this right, it needs to be done right. Because I got people reaching out from all the way from California to Florida with family members that were interested in sitting down with me. And doing the interview, and like I said, the interview is not about your experience of war, but what did you do when you got home? Right. What was your family life, life like? You know, and we're, we already know kind of the different eras and what to expect. You know, the World War II was celebrated. Um, Korea was even celebrated somewhat. And, and then you get into Vietnam and everything has shifted to where they were totally spit on. And, but I know Vietnam veterans who had all of that experience who are powerful businessmen that are that they came home and had a, you know, that's kind of my point is despite, despite how you were treated, it's what you did with your life that made a difference. Right. Cause I know Vietnam veterans who came home who saw some really terrible stuff. Like, you know, as bad as any of the other guys who, who went over and were spit on and called baby killers and all that other crap. And yet they're powerful businessmen or running companies now, um, and have a happy family life because they found purpose. Right. I think there's three, there's three things is what I'm, I've been really kind of dialing in that will make a difference for veterans who want to, to get out of the dark. It's purpose, connection, and spirituality. And uh, the purpose, I think, is the most important of them all. Um, now, I am an absolute God-loving, God-fearing man, and for me, spirituality is at the top, but that's my choice. So, really, everybody has their own choices. I know I have really good friends who are atheists, right? So, for them, the spirituality side isn't the difference, but they all have purpose. So, Makes sense. that's why I say connection, purpose, and, and spirituality is these three things. If you are seeking the... the the, the connection and the purpose, you know, for me, I found CrossFit and that gave me connection. And then once I had connection, then it was about finding a purpose for myself. And, um, that's, that's what I'm trying to make happen. So like I said, I, I have, I, uh, I set up a GoFundMe to try to get the funding to hire a film crew. Cause I want to film these and then put them together in a documentary. 
And then I reached out to um, uh, AmericanVeteranCenter.org, and there, once the project's done, they'll distribute and and get the get the documentary out. Nice. So, so now I'm in the process of trying to raise the funds. Um, Veteran, uh, the American Veterans Center has a, a really high-level studio in Virginia that they said I have full access to. If I get out there to do some interviews, you know, out there, I've got a call into a local studio that um, next week that I'm pretty confident they'll agree to let me use the studio here. And so then it'll be a matter of, you know, pay for camera time and uh, flying people in that I want to interview. And I'm just doing this because I mean, my, I just have a, I have a real strong desire to see if we can figure out what's going on because clearly medicating isn't the answer. Folks, we're talking with AJ Richards. He's the founder of rush club. Uh, he's a military veteran himself. And if you're not following him on social media, um, you need to, before you go to sleep tonight, this, the guy's got a heart of gold. Um, absolutely amazing and i want to get your stuff out there again here real quick uh aj but uh you got to check out rushclubnation.com that's rushclubnation.com uh you can find a lot of their videos uh on youtube just simply go to rush club nation on youtube and, and like i said follow aj himself uh on on facebook because he, he puts out some some good videos um and and, and i love what this new adventure that you're doing i want to talk to you more offline about um with, with stuff aj yeah i know times we're, we're, we're coming up on the hour here so uh and i know you're a busy guy you got stuff going on but what what's next for you um and and, and what in what do you want to tell our listeners in closing um if you know if you or somebody you know is struggling help them find the connection and the purpose the very first the very first suggestion should be exercise. And the very first suggestion is to be exercise. Physical, something physically demanding, and then take it from there. Many stories, you know, even Derek Wyda, his first, his first pulling himself out of the darkness was training for a tough mutter, which is, you know, physical demand, physically demanding exercise. Right. The hormones that are going to be released by your body it's a, it can it can be as simple as that. The hormones that are going to be released by your body is going to be something that will be a surprise that you didn't realize you missed. And then from then take it from there and just discover purpose and don't think that you don't have anything to uh, to give, you know. Um, and then also get in service because when you're in service of others, the hormones that are released there, serotonin, being involved and being of value to somebody is also a much needed hormone. And when you're sitting at home, you're not in service to anybody. Then the other thing, this is Sergeant Richards talking, get your ass off the couch. You are a veteran. You're a warrior. It's up to you. You don't always have to wait for somebody to take your hand. You have the skills and the attributes necessary to pull yourself out of the darkness if you don't have anybody to help you do it. So quit sulking and feeling sorry for yourself because there's many of you out there. It's just as simple as that. It's just turning off the damn Xbox and going to work. Ladies and gentlemen, AJ Richards, (laughs) that got to love it. Check him out, folks, www.rushclubnation.com. It's got a list of um, when the next Rush Club is, where you can watch it. Follow him on Facebook. We'll make sure we have it up on the decision hour. AJ, we appreciate it, buddy. Yeah, thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, that was A.J. Richards from Rush Club Nation. Make sure you check him out at www.rushclubnation.com. You can follow him on Facebook by going to facebook.com forward slash Rush Club Nation. It's, it, it's awesome, folks. If you if you haven't seen it, if you've never heard of it, you got to check it out. It's absolutely amazing. And if you're ever in the Phoenix area, uh, d- during one of these, uh, during a rush club, you got to go and check it out. You'll have yourself a blast. If you can't, we'll go. They stream this live on the internet, and they got all that information on the RushClubNation.com website, folks. That's all the time I got this week. I want to give a big shout out uh, to all of our sponsors. Uh, big special thanks to Heroes Media Group for letting us be a part of the part of the network. All the sponsors, Pinups for Patriots, Student Veterans of America. We also have. Um, 
Reality Realty, Mammoth Global, Iron Mike Magazine, and Iron Mike Supply, Gear Monkey. Uh, and if I'm missing anybody, just go to uh, www.heroesmediagroup.com. Until next time, folks, I'm Adam. Thanks for listening to The Decision Hour.